You're on Global Chat Radio, the multicultural voice of Western Australia, and today we're continuing our series on the life and the legend and the legacy of Dante Alighieri. And once again, I have with me Antonio Casella, who's going to talk to us today about the great love story from the Divine Comedy, Canto 5. Welcome, Antonio. 
Uh, thank you, Tim, and good to see you again. Now, this is Canto 5, as you mentioned, and it contains a, the love story of Paolo and Francesca. It's one of the great love stories of world literature. In fact, it has been picked up. This has inspired so many other art forms, especially music, for instance, the great uh, symphonic poem by Tchaikovsky called Francesca da Rimini. And, uh, of course, in painting, there are umpteen numbers of uh, paintings that have been done by great painters, Angle, for instance, the French painter, and the uh, pre-Raphaelites, Dante, Gabriele, Rossetti, they all gave their own vision of this, of this couple, this uh, famous uh, couple from uh, Canto V of the Divine Comedy. Um, that's just to mention a few of uh, the people who have picked it up. Um, now, the story itself is not that unusual, I would say. Uh, well, it's unusual enough, but it certainly happened before. It probably will happen again. Uh, Fran Francesca was born in Ravenna, in a sort of well-to-do family, and she was um, given or contracted, I suppose, as I did in those days, an arranged marriage with the noble house of Rimini, which were the Malatesta. She was um, contracted to marry the, old, the older of the brothers, uh, uh, Gian Giotto Malatesta, who unfortunately for Francesca was not particularly good looking. And in fact, he was quite disfigured. So... The story goes that she actually did not meet him until they were married, that the brother, the younger brother, Paolo, um, was part of uh, the negotiations for the marriage. So, to some extent, the subsequent things that happened can be justified, if nothing, if nothing else, on the, on, the, on the basis that this marriage was should not have happened. So, Antonio, what... Tell me why you don't think the marriage should have happened. What's the reasoning behind that? Well, um, for a start, the uh, the bride in this case didn't know, had never met the the prospective uh, husband. I mean, that's one of the things that we would uh, frown upon these days. Certainly, it would never happen now. Um, and the fact that uh, the brother. She may even have thought, I mean, we're not quite sure historically how far she knew she was uh, aware of what was happening. I think in those days, the woman, frankly, didn't have a choice. She basically, this was contracted, this, these negotiations were taking place, and there were negotiations because there's dowry and all these other things in, in place, and pol politics, in other words. So it wasn't the kind of marriage, love marriage, that probably the young lass, uh, Francesca, would have, um, uh, would have liked. In any case, to, to go back to the story, um, she falls in love with the brother whilst, after the marriage that is, she falls in love with the brother and, and he does with her. And eventually they were discovered by uh, Gian Giotto himself, the older brother, the husband, and they were killed. So the story itself is... You know, perhaps uh, not that 
extraordinary. Um, but it's what the Dante does with the story. This is the crux of the stories, and what? How does he approach it? So in uh, Canto Five, we are in hell now, at the entrance of the, the first circle, and we meet this Minos. He is a kind of a creature of the underworld. He's the judge. He's the one that dictates where these souls are going to go who have sinned. Um, so he's got a large tail. I mean, just imagine the the uh, imagination, the fantasy of the poet in this case. They're totally invented, I should think. Uh, he has a tail that uh, he calls around his body, listens to it. First of all, the, the souls tell him what they've done, what sins, and then he tells them by the number of coils of his tail, which circle of hell they're going to be placed in depending on the, um, the type of sin that they committed. So the, uh, this particular circle, which is the first, the first one, uh, or the second, I think, actually, um, he, uh, it's dark, it's dank, it's windy. He sets up this horrible atmosphere. And the crucial thing here is that the souls are shunted and tossed about by the winds, there's all this going on, um, and uh, they cannot, it's ceaseless, it never stops. So this, their sin was not being able to control their own emotions, their own desire, their own lust. It's a circle of lust, this one. And the, uh, the punishment, in, a, in accordance with that, is that they will be constantly being shunted about without any power at all over their bodies. And then we begin the list of the uh, people that are pointed out by Virgil, who is accompanying Dante. And Virgil points to uh, figures from history like Cleopatra, uh, women who, um, you know, betrayed their husbands, I suppose. Helen, he was married, as you may remember, Helen of Troy, married to Melanaus, and she ran away with Paris. And therefore, we've got the, the great 10-year uh, war of Troy caused by a betrayal, I suppose you could say. There's Tristan and so on. There's also some males. Well, Tristan, of course, was a male, so was Paris. Um, and then as we move along, uh, Dante sees these two who are tossed about together, but separate together in a sense that they they are tossed around about in the this dank dark air but they can never touch each other and that's their punishment and he says well who is that who are they can you please explain so i'm assuming that that's paolo and francesca that are being tossed around at this time yes it is and um they come over and what's interesting at this point is uh First of all, who's going to speak and also what kind of justifications are they giving the reader for their actions? And this is one of, one of the great points of this canto where Francesca, it's Francesca that's given the voice um, to explain or to, uh, to talk to Virgil and Dante. And she, and here it is, I'd like to um, maybe quote, um, read a quote from the original, and with your um, 
uh, permission, I, I would ask you to read the English after I read the Italian, if you're okay with that, uh, Tim. Yeah, let's go for it. So, what does she say? She says, um, love. Love is the cause of what's happened. It's not lust, take note, but it's love. Amor che al cor gentil ratto s'apprende, prese costui della bella persona che mi fu tolta, e il modo ancora m'offende. Amor che a nulla amato amar perdona, mi prese del costui piacersi forte che come vedi ancora non m'abbandona. Amor condusse noi ad una morte, Caina attende chi vita ci spense. Queste parole da lor ci fu porte. Love, that in gentle heart is quickly learnt, entangled him by that fair form from me, taken in such cruel sort as grieves me still. Love, that denial takes from none beloved, caught me with pleasing him so passing well, that, as thou seest it, he yet deserts me not, Love brought us to death. Cain awaits the soul who split our life. Such were their words. So here we have Francesca giving her own justification for what's happened and such, such beautiful um, lines of poetry. Look at the way it starts off with Amor calcor gentil ratus apprende. It's um, love attaches itself to a gentle heart. She's, she, in other words, she's saying, it's, I'm a victim of, in a sense, of being having a too gentle heart, too loving heart, and I'm not really a perpetrator of great sins. And she repeats the word love three times in three different um, uh, stanzas, if you like, of, of poetry. So at one time she invites us to uh, differentiate to distinguish between lust and desire which is a, a sensual thing a sexual thing and love which she maintains was the cause for her uh, her sin and then at the end of those uh, six lines she says she has a bit of a revenge there she says caina attende che vita ci spense caina will wait the person who has killed us, who is, uh, and Kaina being the, 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 a much lower circle of hell that he, Gian Giotto, who killed them, is going to be rele relegated to. So, um, as the story, as they listen to this, they then kind of ask her, or not so much ask her, but she herself offers to tell, relate the actual incident of what happened later on. So perhaps, Antonio, 
Would you like to tell us what she had to say? <laughs> yes, we'll be reading about that. Uh, she, she's uh, roughly, because we're reading the Italian and then I'll ask you to read the English, but roughly she uh, was reading this book and a book about Lancelot and uh, uh, another love story, in other words, and where they, the two lovers, again, it's not a... Um, legitimate love story because uh, uh, Guinevere Guinevere yes <laughs> and Lancelot yeah um, but they are inspired by this reading and they just the two of them she and Paolo and uh, retreated in one part of their um, uh, palace and um, they're inspired by that they kiss and so this is where their brother uh, steals on them and is, uh, of course, we know what's happened. He kills them. He knives the two of them to death. And that's the... the uh, she, uh, in a sense, is saying, well, our sins were not that great. The love uh, induced us and this book that we read was the cause for uh, what we did. Okay. So, you know, so, she, she, she's not lost for words, uh, Francesca. All right. So why don't you now perhaps read a bit more of Canto Five? Noi leggevamo un giorno per diletto di Lancillotto come amor lo strinse, soli eravamo e senza alcun sospetto. Per più fiate gli occhi ci sospinse quella lettura e scolorci il viso, ma solo un punto fu quel che ci vinse. Quando leggemmo il disiato riso esser baciato da costanto amante, questi che mai da me non fia diviso, la bocca mi baciò tutta tremante. Galeotto fu il libro e chi lo scrisse e quel giorno più non vi leggemmo avante. For our delight we read of Lancelot, how him love thralled. Alone we were, and no suspicion near us. Oft times by that reading our eyes were drawn together, and the hue fled from our altered cheek. But at one point alone we fell. When of that smile we read, the wished smile rapturously kissed, by one so deep in love, then he, who near from me shall separate, at once my lips all trembling kissed. The book and the writer both were love's purveyors. In its leaves that day we read no more. So Dante basically faints at that point. Now, he obviously had a moral dilemma in putting this um, story t together. 
Yes, he did. Uh, well, actually, uh, Dante's always seems to be overcome in different parts. Uh, when dramatic pieces in in the Divine Comedy occur, he it's not unusual for him to be totally overcome by the events. Um, in terms of his dilemma, um, yes, there is a real dilemma there because um, the Catholic in him is forced, in a way, to put these two who have committed a mortal sin into hell. But I'm sure that the romantic Dante and the more humane Dante would not have wanted Francesca, particularly Francesca, both of them, and Paolo to go to hell like that. So, so there would have been, there is this kind of dichotomy, if you like, this stress there between Dante the human humanist and Dante uh, the, the Catholic who has to, to kind of follow uh, the Catholic dogma, and but notice that he is put them as about as the best circle of of hell that they could possibly put them right at the at the top, whereas the killer, quite rightly so, it goes down to um, about the sixth circle, I think. Um, so the, the, this uh, moral dilemma actually probably carries him throughout the uh, the work to some extent. Um, uh, the other thing that I think we should really consider there is in some aspects Dante is very modern I'll tell you in the sense that it's Francesca that drives this narrative this story it's not Paolo Paolo kind of recedes in the background he's not given any lines to speak so it's Francesca is the dominant figure here in this relationship and the whole canto. She, in fact, uh, Tchaikovsky calls his um, composition Francesca da Rimini. There's no sign of, of Paolo. So the, the, the idea that the woman can lead and the woman is the one that uh, drives um, is a very modern thing. Uh, and it's what these days, I suppose, of, uh, uh, we're trying to... The kind of aim that we are trying to achieve uh, these days with equality and that. But in this case, it's, it's Francesca uh, who takes the lead. And I think in that case, and in so many ways, uh, Dante can be read as a, a, quite a modern um, uh, writer. I think, Antonio, that you're, you're right about the dominance of Francesca in, in, in Canto V. But, and you mentioned Tchaikovsky and... Francesca of Rimini, which, um, of course, was the, the great piece of his work. But the same applies to a lot of the art, doesn't it? You, you see quite a few um, artists of the sort of um, not medieval Renaissance era, I guess, painting pictures of Francesca. Mm. But Paolo doesn't appear as a, a great um, subject for any artwork. No, the, the two of them painted together. If anything, some of the paintings refer to uh, the brother. They have the two, the couple, and then the brother. It, it, it adds that kind of element of drama, having the brother uh, who's about to launch into knife in the, the, the couple. So there's that. In, in, in terms of what you were saying, that she, she dominates here. She, she definitely, she even in the way it's, She's very clever. I think it's a clever woman as well in the way that she narrates a story. And she says, I'm, if anything, I'm a victim of love. 
And I mean, if you have to be a victim, love is probably the best uh, uh, possible way to uh, justify something. Um, and uh, and then it's the book that we were reading that sort of inspired us to do these things. So, you know, she, she tries to, to somehow justify uh, herself, her betrayal, if you like, of the husband. But uh, at the same time, of course, the, the, in reality, what's happened, the real crime was committed by her husband by killing them. Okay, so Antonio, thank you for your time today. Um, I think you've now got us to look at Canto 5 perhaps with a, a different set of eyes. And I'm sure that many of the listeners now will go back and reread it and sort of do that comparison of Lancelot and Guinevere, which I think is, you know, the arguably the driving force behind um, Francesca and Paolo's um, sin, if you like. Um, and I would like to ask you to come back again um, in the near future and talk to me about Dante and Casella, <laughs> because your 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 surname obviously is Casella, and I can't believe that someone who has studied Dante to the level that you have hasn't explored that aspect of Dante's work. Um, well, I, I haven't. I'm, I, I do not, by, in, by any means, uh, uh, consider myself a Dantista. That is, I'm not a student of Dante. I know I'm an amateur compared to some other people. In terms of the, the Casella character, it's an interesting one, and that you should bring it up. Thank you. It does appear the name Casella. Casella was a friend of Dante Alighieri in real life. That's great, Antonio, and I look forward to hearing more of that story when we meet next. Thank you once again for your time today. Thank you, Tim.
through the fiery caverns, we sing.